Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit, Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Sophie Priceman, and in this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. This week, we're going to be talking about the American sociologist, socialist, historian, author, and pan-Africanist civil rights activist W.E.B. Du Bois. Du Bois was born on February 23, 1868, and died on August 27, 1963. He was born in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, a relatively tolerant and integrated community. While attending school there, he was classmates with many white children. His mother Mary and her family were a part of the very small free black population and had long owned land in the state. W.E.B.'s maternal great-grandfather was a slave, born in West Africa, who may have gained his freedom during the American Revolutionary War. His paternal great-grandfather was a white man from New York who fathered several children with slave women. One of those children was Alexander, who was of mixed race and fathered Alfred, W.E.B.'s father. Alfred left W.E.B. and his mother Mary when he was two years old. Therefore, he grew up fatherless. W.E.B.'s teachers always recognized his educational ability and encouraged his intellectual pursuits. His rewarding and successful experience with academic studies led him to believe that he could use his knowledge to empower African Americans. He graduated from his town's local high school, and when he decided to attend college, the congregation of his childhood church raised the money for his tuition, since his mother had already passed. Although he really wanted to go to Harvard, it was the town's stipulation that the scholarship had to be used at Fisk University, which was founded for the children of emancipated slaves. After W.E.B. graduated from Fisk, he applied to Harvard and was accepted. He entered Harvard as a junior and earned his second bachelor's degree with the cum laude designation. Then, he received a scholarship to obtain his doctorate, and in 1895, Du Bois became the first African American to receive a PhD from Harvard University. Later, for graduate work, he attended the University of Berlin, where he studied with the world's most prominent social scientists. Du Bois said, I found myself on the outside of the American world, looking in. With me were white folk, students, acquaintances, teachers, who viewed the scene with me. They did not always pause to regard me as a curiosity or something subhuman. I was just a man of the somewhat privileged student rank, with whom they were glad to meet and talk over the world, particularly the part of the world whence I came. Du Bois is known for insisting on civil rights and increased political representation, which he believed would be brought about by the African-American intellectual elite. He referred to this group as the Talented Tenth and believed strongly in a liberal arts education to get there. His philosophy differed from prominent black leader Booker T. Washington, who wanted to compromise with white leaders in the South, allowing Southern Black Americans to work and submit to white political rule if Southern whites would guarantee that Black people would receive basic educational and economic opportunities. W.E.B. also spoke out against the notion popularized by abolitionist Frederick Douglass that Black Americans should integrate with white society. Du Bois instead believed that Black Americans should embrace their African heritage, even if they worked and lived in the United States. 
He was a proponent of black Africanism and helped to organize several pan-African congresses to fight for the independence of African colonies from European powers. A major theme of his work was the double consciousness faced by African Americans, being both American and black. That was a unique identity which, according to Du Bois, had been a handicap in the past but could be a strength in the future. Henceforth, the destiny of the race could be conceived as leading neither to assimilation nor separatism, but to be proud, enduring hyphenation, Du Bois said. Du Bois was a founding member of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, and later the chair of the Peace Information Center. He married twice. First was a woman named Nina Gomer, with whom he had two children. However, his son tragically died during infancy. His daughter, named Yolande, married County Cullen, a nationally known poet of the Harlem Renaissance, though they divorced two years later. Du Bois's second marriage was to Shirley Graham, an author, playwright, composer, and activist. Du Bois acknowledged that his scholarly work in the new field of social science was not having the impact that he expected, and so he turned to other forms of writing, including poetry, to present his theories and beliefs regarding the problem of the color line, which he considered the major problem of the 20th century. He further brought this message to the public by editing such magazines as Moon, Horizon, and the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People publication Crisis, all of which introduced the work of many new black writers, including Langston Hughes and Zora Neale Hurston. The W.E.B. Du Bois poem that we are looking at today is The Song of Smoke. Du Bois was 39 years old when this poem was published in a 1907 issue of Horizon, which he edited. The poem is understood by many as an affirmation of black pride. Du Bois was one of the first African Americans to foster the idea of race consciousness and present African Americans as a hero. The Song of the Smoke will now be read by Getlet poet, educator, and artist, Austin Antoine. My name is Austin Antoine, and this is The Song of the Smoke by W.E.B. Du Bois. I am the smoke king. I am black. I am swinging in the sky. I am ringing worlds awry. I am the thought of the throbbing mills. I am the soul of the soul toil kills. Wraith of the ripple of trading rills. Up I'm curling from the side. I'm whirling home to God. I am the smoke king. I am black. I am the smoke king. I am black. I am wreathing broken hearts. I am sheathing love's light darts. Inspiration of iron times. Wetting the toil of toiling climes. Shedding the blood of bloodless crimes. Lurid lowering mid the blue. Torrid towering toward the true. I am the smoke king. I am black. I am the smoke king. I am black. I am darkening with song. I am hearkening to wrong. I'll be black as blackness can. The black of the mantle, the mighty of the man. For blackness was ancient ere whiteness began. I am daubing God in night. I'm swabbing hell in white. I am the smoke king. I am black. I am the smoke king. I am black. I am cursing ruddy morn. I am hearsing hearts unborn. Souls unto me are as stars in a night. I whiten my black men. I blacken my white. What's the hue of a hide to a man in his might? 
Hail, great, gritty, grimy hands, sweet Christ, pity toiling lands. I am the smoke king. I am black. This poem holds great significance as it proclaims what America should stand for. It highlights the historical significance of living in this country as a person of color. Simply put, the poem is a celebration of black identity and personhood. It was written during a tumultuous period for black Americans and creating a sense of hope was crucial. The use of repetition signifies the importance of celebrating Black History Month and why it is essential for the betterment of our country's future. The purpose of the words themselves is to encourage strength and resilience, which leaves the reader with a sense of power and faith. The poem's importance stretches beyond just lifting people up and leaves its audience wanting to create change. Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is created by Samuel Curtis, produced by Sophia Denunzio, and executive produced by Diane Luby Lane. The episodes this season were researched and written by Get Lit Poets and edited by Mila Kuda. Josh Castillo is our engineer and our digital editor is Blake Emerson. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That's G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you there!